0: Hello, welcome to our Lighthouse podcast. We hope that this message brings inspiration and intent to your day. Sometimes when I'm driving uh, in the car with my wife, uh, I look across to an isolated farm and I tell her, I would love to live on a farm like that. She always chuckles to me because she knows uh, I spend a lot of my life with people And she encourages me that I would never survive out on a small farm all by myself, just sitting there not doing much. And actually when she says that, she always reminds me that life is about doing things with other people. And today I wanna speak to you about the power of community, why you and I have been made to connect to other people in this world. So today we're talking about the power of community. And I want to read a scripture right up front today from Acts 2 42 to 47, it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them and the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders, and all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, Acts chapter two is, I guess, the centerpiece of uh, Pentecostal faith. And uh, often we focus on the first half and you could divide Acts chapter two really into two sections. The first half is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the experience of every uh, believer that day. And then I guess the second part is really the birth of community or the birth of the local church. And I want to use those two today to talk about how often we can overemphasize or in our Pentecostal experience, we often talk about the first half, but we don't equally value the second half, which is each of us were made to be in relationship with other people. You know, if we take a look for a moment at that first half of Acts chapter 2, some really amazing things happen. It says that there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. There was uh, flames like tongues on people's heads. There was believers being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other languages. I mean, not to mention the fact that Peter gets up and he, he speaks an incredible message to a crowd that kind of don't know what's going on. And the Bible says that 3,000 people that day made decisions for Christ. Well, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. And uh, I love hearing that story. It's exciting. It is the birthing of the church and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But right after that, just in verse 42, it says that the believers began to form in community. You know, in my experience as a pastor over the years, I've often heard people tell me that they don't need the local church, they don't need other Christians or other uh, people to do faith with. I would uh, absolutely disagree with that. Although church, I I reckon, sometimes is frustrating. I reckon church is sometimes hard to be a part of, um, and that's because it's full of people. I absolutely believe that both the people that are good for us And even the people that are not so good for us are all part of God's plan to sharpen us, to develop us and make us into the people that we are meant to be. In other words, I don't think you can live out your Christianity on an island in isolation and grow to the level you could if you were in commitment with other people as you live out your life. You know, that first part of Acts 2.42 is a breakthrough moment, but every breakthrough moment needs needs the clarity, the consistency of relationships that God puts us with. Um, My pastor of many years used to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit and he would uh, talk about the dynamo, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. And I guess for me, here being at Lighthouse for many years, in 1998 there was uh, I think what was known as like a Pentecostal renewal or even a, a revival, if you like, Um, And there were some good things about that. But I've got to tell you, there were some weird things about that as well. And we don't have time to go into that today. It was the kind of the two acts two uh, experience. It was an event where people experienced amazing things and uh, some unusual things. And it sort of swept across the globe, actually, around about that time. And some of you may remember or have heard about a place in America called Pensacola, and they, uh, by their own admission, said they had revival breaking, breaking out and uh, many miracles and signs and wonders were happening. And actually people from all around the world were traveling into that place. And Annette and I decided to go as well. And I've got to tell you, uh, people were lining up for days to get into that church, to hear the message of one of the evangelist guys that had been preaching there for months. And it was, it was quite a phenomenon. And so there we were in that place. And actually, over the three to four years of that revival, if you like, was going on, uh, literally well over a million people visited that little church there in Pensacola in America. But something happened that was unusual when I was there that I didn't really expect, and that is this, that at the conference we're at, Dr. Yongyi Cho. Now, if you don't know Dr. Yongyi Cho, uh, he is the leader of the largest church in the world, in fact, in South Korea, with over 1 million people that call church their home. Now, he's famous for building a church on discipleship and small groups. That's how he grew the church. So here he is. I want you to imagine the picture. We've come to this conference. People have traveled from all around the world for this big event that's going on where God is doing amazing things. And I didn't know it, but he was the guest speaker at this conference. And there I was in the meeting, all these uh, strange and unusual things happening, this revival that's heard, heard about all around the world. And he gets up and in his kind of broken English way, he just says one thing over and over for the whole one hour that he was speaking. And this is what he said. He said, this has to become discipleship. He said, this here, what, what is going on here in this place has to become small groups. And I think it was unusual because actually it sort of flew in the face of what was going on at the conference. This conference was, or this revival was all about the event, all about the moment, all about the demonstrative things that God was doing, the miraculous. It was about the loud. It was about the, the moment. And here was a guy coming into that environment and saying, This won't last. This has got to turn into community. And I think it's a good picture today of what the true meaning of Acts chapter 2 is. That there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit births things. There's no doubt that the Holy Spirit uh, does uh, things that are exciting and exhilarating and we can get filled with the Holy Spirit. But I think what's equally important is that the very next thing that happened after the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the local church started. And the local church started on an agreement that people need to get together regularly in a way that they could sit around the word, that they could discuss the word and move from an event culture to a consistent live out your faith every day kind of culture. In fact, it says this in verse 42. They devoted themselves to being teachable, to fellowship and to sharing food. You know, my pastor of of 20 odd years here at Lighthouse, previous pastor to me, when he often he spoke about the Holy Spirit, he used the word dunamis. Now, dunamis was a Greek word for the power of God. He loved that word. He used it all the time. But there was a second word that he used as well, and that is koinonia, which actually means fellowship. Now, we don't often talk about that uh, these days as much, and even the word fellowship, you know, often when I hear the word fellowship, it sounds very churchy and a little bit old-fashioned. Got a bit famous when the Fellowship of the Rings from Lord of the Rings came out. But other than that, it's kind of a bit of an old word. But I must admit, it's a good way to describe what's going on in Acts 2.42. There's a dunamis that's happening. The power of God is at work. But equally important, alongside dunamis came Queen koinonia. And the Bible teaches us, That in order, I think, in order to live healthy and balanced, you both need to experience the power of God, but you also need to experience the community of God that is created as well. And when we read verse 42, and it says that the people, the disciples, they devoted themselves. I love that because, you know what I feel like sometimes as a pastor? I'm trying to get a whole bunch of Christians to devote themselves to God. When the scripture says that they chose, they devoted themselves to God, It's not my role, my job, to get Christians to be devoted to God. That's a decision you make when you receive Christ. And here it says that they devoted themselves to being teachable, to fellowship or to being in community with other Christians, and to sharing food. I want to ask you today, does that describe your faith? Does that describe the way that you walk with God? Are you, A, somebody who devotes themselves to those things that build their faith. Two, are you a teachable person? In other words, is somebody who you're doing faith alongside or a leader that you're with? They instruct you in something. How do you go with that? Are you good with that? Or do you rear up inside? How dare they? Do you have a teachable spirit? The Bible says. And are you committed to doing your faith in context of other people of faith? I think that's really important. Uh, For me, I I would say that I have grown most, not just because I read the Bible and because I pray, but I've grown most because I've lived out my faith in relationship with other people who have sharpened me, who have corrected me, and who at times pushed me uh, to a place that I need to go in order to grow. You know, uh, it says this in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, sharing that we are one body. You know, we often forget that what Christ did on the cross. And when we celebrate that, when we do something like the taking communion, all of that can seem, I guess, very symbolic. But the reality is this, there's more going on than symbolism here that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been grafted into a new family, God's family. We, have, It says in Galatians that we are adopted into that family. So guess what that means? We have brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, something that we don't always talk about. But this is a powerful dynamic. You haven't just been put uh, in a body that you uh, just kind of hang out by yourself and the other people don't matter, not at all. There's a vital connection here when it comes to community. It's a powerful connection. And that is that you have been placed through the blood of Jesus into a family whereby we are not held together any longer by mere relationship, but we've been bonded by the very blood of Jesus. We have become family, brothers and sisters to each other. You know, the community that we experience is something that we have to devote ourselves to. We have to encourage one another. In Hebrews 10, 24, tells us that we should uh, compel others and encourage others to meet together regularly. You know, it is possible to have community, I guess, if you uh, never show up to a Sunday gathering, um, because just getting together in a crowd doesn't mean, uh, I guess, that you're in fellowship uh, either. But I can tell you this, is that unless you're willing to commit to Uh, coming alongside other people of faith. It really is difficult to grow. And I know we've gone to online stuff, and I reckon it's great as many people as they can to watch out online. But I do want to say, don't uh, forget about the importance of meeting, at the very least being part of a small group or a connect group. You know, I can tell you that here at Lighthouse, that we already know that COVID has done something great for us, that we had to quickly ask people to join groups in houses, small groups, And, you know, we already know that we have more people now in small groups every week than we do actually attending on Sunday. And rather than that be a negative for me, that's exciting, that people have decided to commit together, to join together in faith uh, with other people in a way that they're experiencing that kind of power. So when in Acts 2.42 it says that they devoted themselves, one of the great lessons there is that... uh, Every local church needs people who are willing to devote, willing to commit. Uh, You know, half-hearted, semi-committed people never achieve anything. And if you're a part of a local church, particularly if you're part of Lighthouse, can I encourage you, be a blessing to the church by being self-motivated, self-devoted to what God has uh, here on earth. Verse 43, this is what it says. The very next thing that happens is that they had a deep sense of awe deep sense of awe. Well, what an amazing thing. Have you ever thought about that? They got together, the Holy Spirit was with them, and as a result of what Peter was saying, what they were hearing, and what they were seeing, they had a deep sense of awe. Did you know that familiarity destroys every church? The idea that we have grown accustomed to the average of Christianity, the expected, the here we go again, nothing's different. And actually, what we ought to be doing is coming as we meet together, expecting God to do things. We ought to join together, knowing that God has new things. And I think that we've often lost this sense of awe. You know, it says in the Psalms, it says that each generation should pass on the miraculous things that God has done for each generation. I think it's so important You know why we lose sometimes second generation, third generation kids who grew up in the church? I think we lose them because we've lost our sense of awe about God. You know, I've been a Christian for a long time. But if I just take a moment sometimes just to think about the great things that I've seen God do in my life and in the life of other people, I start to get a sense of awe. If you have an awe for something in your life, you talk about it. You talk it up. You celebrate it. And I can't think of a better time for a generation to hear from the previous generation how incredible God is and the incredible things he wants to do today. You know, verse 44, we're going to end with this thought is that uh, it says is that they met together in one place and shared everything together. You know, the local church, the, the gathering of people, the brothers and sisters, that family spirit should be about us looking out for each other. That where somebody has a strength, it can fulfill the need in somebody else's life. That we wouldn't hold on to and hoard everything that we have just for ourselves. You've got to be in community to find out what the needs are. And you've got to be in community to be able to give of what you have to someone else. You know, for all of its faults, for all of its challenges, for all of its weaknesses, this thing called the church, I've got to tell you. That it's been the great joy of my life to be part of a local church. And I wouldn't have it any other way because uh, the people that I have be- got to know over that time, the people that have invested into my life, have absolutely shaped who I've become today. And I want to encourage you today. So glad that you watched us today. But how could you be involved? How could you devote yourself to your local church? How could you be part of Lighthouse in a way that you, at the very least, are connected? into small discipleship groups where not not just that you grow, where that you could be an influence in somebody's life in a way that they would grow as well. Today, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you uh, recognise more and more the power of community that God has intentionally placed you in today. Let's pray. Thank you, God. I thank you for every single person that is watching and listening today. I pray that you would increase their knowledge and awareness around the importance of being part of community, growing in faith together, that this was your idea, Lord, so that we would experience, yes, your power, uh, yes, your miraculous, but we would have a way in which we could live out our faith consistently day in and week in and out, Lord. Help us to do it in an even greater way, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, we appreciate you watching today. I believe that God is going to continue to encourage you in ways in which you can be a part of the family of God. God bless. Thank you for listening. Please connect with us at adifferentlight.com.au